to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 285 of the Dave's I Know podcast. We got the regular crew here tonight. Jess, how are you doing? I look sweaty, like I actually danced in my dance class that I went to tonight, but I did not. We did a lot of talking and dance tonight. Hopefully all the talking for the next six weeks. Because I need, I don't feel any more fit and I look sweaty. And <laughs> I feel like I should have burned an equal number of calories to look this sweaty, but it's just hot out. It's very hot out. I, yeah, I was walking around and just absolutely sweating. So, uh, MJ, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Just got back from my girlfriend's niece's birthday party. She turned 15 today. So happy birthday. Um, Layla turns 15. I asked, what do you like to do? She said she likes to read dystopia. Mm-hmm. So you um, got a family tale. Um, I struck out on so many like guesses, like Hunger Games, you know, <laughs> Brave New World, 1984, mm-hmm. and, and I like Divergence. Did you read the Divergence series? And she had read that, so like I got one out of you know. Well, now you know what she's getting for Christmas. <laughs> I, I got her Brave New World for her birthday. So, hey, good job, MJ. There Thanks you go. Thanks to eat my words bookstore in northeast minneapolis cool all right hopefully they're going to be sponsoring the podcast so um... right Right. yeah (laughs) all right well let's get going we have a no minnesota united game to discuss this week obviously so with uh, the international break and uh, the loons having a week off um we have don't have a game on wednesday uh, when most of the rest of the league plays as well so um might be a short one today there's i think there could be a lot of mj uh, talking here so if that's not your thing uh, feel free to turn it off now um, <laughs> David. just just you know <laughs> just that you downloaded it and uh, put it in your in your r and your uh, uh, podcast feeder that is all we really care about um, ideally we want you to listen to it there's I think there's gonna be lots of great information in here don't get me wrong but you know um, just saying you know we want you to like and download our podcast you know leave comments but leaving a comment that says MJ talks too much, that's a valid comment. You can leave those comments. I don't, I don't read anything. So say whatever the fuck you want about the podcast, but um, you know. Comments and nobody <laughs> says anything about me. I, we see, I think we technically have an email address, so you can email us if I can ever find that email address. So uh, let's jump in right away. We'll start with Minnesota United FC2. Um, the twos played. Uh, on yesterday, actually Sunday, as a matter of fact, <laughs> um, two nothing win over the Vancouver Whitecaps. I was tangentially following along in this game um, in our in a Slack, a soccer Slack that I'm in, um, but I was not there. MJ, you you were out there, right? 
No, I was oh, at no. City Games. You're at City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I talked to a couple guys who were out there um, drumming and stuff. Um, I do know um, and have visual evidence that uh, Manuel Reynoso uh, was out there watching the game, which is super cool that he's out there in Blaine um, supporting the the, the Miss United FC2. They just have him like on assignment doing bitch work because for whatever reason, they think they he owes us something. I yeah. should Zarek Valentin is also out there, and he's been nothing but a saint for them. So, yeah, uh, well, Valentin had who... to watch his whipper. <laughs> anyway, so Minnesota FC beat Vancouver Whitecaps uh, two nothing. Um, a uh, Alex Smear penalty save uh, in the 16th minute kept the uh, kept the game zero uh, zero. Um, Emmanuel Lacy, Emmanuel Eway, sorry, um, gets a goal uh, in the 71st minute from. Cameron Lacey, um, also Cameron Dunbar contributed in that. Uh, and then a penalty for uh, Lacey um, late in the game seals the deal. Uh, Minnesota United FC two are now five wins, three draws, and five losses. I believe that puts them in ninth or tenth place in the Western Conference. Um, they play this coming Thursday in St. Louis versus St. Louis City two. In the MJ Anon parlor, they're actually discussing whether that's a double Cameron assist because the Cameron spelled their names differently. Yeah. Can you say Cameron times two on the assist when one spells it with a C and one spells it with a K like they yeah. hear misspelling one of their names. Sure. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Carlos Leatherman, um, uh, had a, uh, a really great, almost third goal in this game as well. Right. MJ. Well, Leatherman, Pass to Dunbar, and Dunbar almost got a goal. His shot was blocked by Hassal, and then Cooper Lejewski gathers up the rebound, and he hits the crossbar. So one of those motherfuckers almost got a third goal for. Well, oh, I, I, from my understanding, um, sounded like Leatherman was a little too um, uh, was a little too uh, not selfish in that he passed the ball to Dunbar when he could have had a shot uh, on net as well. Yeah. So that's that was the impression I got. So. Cool. It's just like when you should be more selfish with the mic and not hand it to me. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Again, Thursday, 7 p.m. in St. Louis versus St. Louis City 2. I'm not sure if that game will be on the uh, MLS Apple package or you have to watch that one on the MLS Next Pro um, page. But that game, you'll be able to watch it if you want. So check it out. All right. Let's talk about loons on international duty. Um, I didn't know if I covered everybody here, but remind me if I didn't. Uh, Finland, we don't actually have anybody playing for Finland right now because Robin Lude is out, obviously. But uh, future Lude, presumably, Timu Puki started and played 65 minutes and had two assists versus Slovenia in a Euro qualifying match on Friday. And then today, Monday, he came on in the 60th minute and scored a goal against lowly San Marino uh, in a 6-0 victory for them, uh, also in Euro qualifying Finland is on top of their group right currently with nine points in four matches, which is pretty impressive considering uh, Denmark is also in that group. So good on Finland. And hopefully, you know, hopefully now it sounds like Puki would be flying to Minnesota post that game today, uh, Monday, and then presumably meeting with the team sometime later this week. And he can't play obviously until the MOS uh, secondary window opens, which is in early July, I believe July 5th. But he could definitely get here and start the process, um, if possible. You know, start looking for a place to live and things like that. So we'll hopefully we'll know more later this week on Pookie. Uh, in South Africa, 
Bongi uh, came on in the 77th minute in a 2-1 victory over Morocco in the Africa Cup of Nations qualifying. Um, South Africa is currently on top of their qualifying group. They qualify for the next round of this tournament. I believe this tournament takes place in January, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they're done playing their matches for this round. Um, they're in a group with Morocco and Liberia. Um, they've qualified for the next round. Um, they're currently on seven points. Um, Mor- uh, Morocco is on six points. They have a, they play and they play Liberia. Um, I think either to tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, and the, presumably they'll beat Liberia. Liberia is well, currently only has one point. So, um, they are eliminated. Um, so Morocco and South Africa will presumably qualify. Should qualify. Well, actually, are both qualified for the next round. Not sure when that will be. And we're not 100% sure what Bongi's situation will be, if he's coming back to Minnesota um, or if he's going to be staying for another African, uh, another AFCON tournament qualification that starts in early July, I believe, around that um, secondary window opening, I believe, like July 2nd or July 5th or something like that. So no word yet on whether Bongi is back or not. Uh, and then finally, New Zealand. So Honduras, I know Honduras played. Joseph Rosales is with Honduras. Um, they played a friendly. I didn't see any. I didn't see any of the lineups, or if he played, I'm, I'm assuming he did. They lost. I believe it was like two to one. I can't remember who they played. Um, but there was no. Um, oh, maybe maybe it was, was it Qatar. Maybe it was Qatar. Um, but there was no lineups. I think posted. So I don't know if he if he played the match or not. And then finally, New Zealand. Michael Boxall uh, played on Friday in a in, started and played 79 minutes in a 4-1 loss to Sweden. Um, said this is on Friday and then he played today at a match on Monday, um, and was uh, racially abused by a Qatari player. Um, it was, it went unremarked on by the official that if the officials did nothing about it and I, the team got together, the New Zealand team got together during the half second, during uh, the halftime and refused to come out for the second half in solidarity for Michael Boxall. So, um, oh, wow. good on, yeah, good on New Zealand, uh, the New Zealand uh, Federation for standing by Michael Boxall, um, refusing to come out. Um, Amazing we'll talk, solidarity. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about, I mean, we'll, we'll briefly touch on some racism, you know, some homophobia and stuff uh, in the U.S.-Mexico match towards the end of the podcast. But it's just, it's, I'm, it's really great to see uh, that um, New Zealand stood up for, for Boxy and didn't refuse to come out, so... MJ, did I miss anything? Um, or were, no, uh, were you able to? I just want to say that uh, for those that don't know, uh, Michael Boxall is half Samoan. Um, right. He is. He is not Maori or half Maori, <clears throat> um, but he has half Samoan. Uh, and for a lot of the ignorant Twitter people, uh, both of Qatari origin or or other. Uh, wherever they were from saying, you know, how can a black uh, person or a, a someone from the Middle East racially abuse a white person? Um, one, Michael Boxall is half Samoan. Two, that shouldn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. For all the, I assume, conservatives, like, up in arms about why this is soft or stupid or whatever, uh, I think the last time I checked, conservatives liked the idea that white people get treated the same way as uh, non-white people. So, I mean, come on, this, this this is not hard to be a decent human being on the soccer pitch. And uh, I'm all for heckling and name calling. I do it a lot in, as a soccer fan. I do it also as a, as a player in the sports that I play. 
but there are lines you don't cross, you know, and if you don't understand that, don't play. I mean, right. uh, like, uh, there, there are certain lines that have to do with your identity that become trigger points or have a lot of emotional weight for players. So things like race, things like gender, things like sexual orientation, you don't bring that shit up on the pitch. Make fun of their hair. You know, do, do, do I do. Right. Like Jess does. <clears throat> be get just be more creative. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, hair could get hair could get weird. Um I'm just but like be 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 more creative, you know. So um uh yeah, that's just the one big thing. Like and it doesn't necessarily mean you can't, you know, be sweary and, and vulgar, but just be creative about it. Don't be and don't be just don't be an asshole is basically the biggest thing. Yeah. Be a jackass, not an asshole. So that's I think that was a that was a dark cause model for I think several years is be a jackass, not an asshole. I'm sure Michael Boxall needs to work on his stepovers. Maybe mention that to him. You know, like you can find something else to like, you know, chide Michael Boxall for other than his heritage or whatever was said. Yeah. Anyway. Uh right on. So Gold Cup is coming up, and there's actually quite a few loons who are away for the Gold Cup uh, starting this week. Um, so, today, Conker Gaffey! Today, actually, if you are listening to this podcast on Tuesday, uh, the aforementioned Zarek Valentin was called in to the Puerto Rican national team. They are playing a preliminary match versus Martinique uh, on Tuesday at 6 p.m. I did not catch where that's but I'm assuming it's some point somewhere in the U.S. Um, go ahead, MJ. They're playing Martinique because they won against Suriname this past weekend. He played the full 90 minutes. Uh, it was 0-0 after all the times, and so they went to penalty kicks. Zarek Valentin had one really nice header defensive clearance, and their goalkeeper, whose name is Serrano, so spicy pepper, you know I'm going to like him. Their goalkeeper stood on their head for, for Puerto Rico, so... Um, spicy goalkeeper, spicy peppers, go Puerto Rico. Very cool. So if they win, so if they win, if they lose that match, he will be done um, and come back to the, to the Loons. If they win, if they beat Martinique on Tuesday, um, they will qualify for the actual Gold Cup proper. Um, and their first match would be uh, next Monday, June 26th. Uh, they would go into the group with um, El Salvador. Uh, I can't remember who else. I think there's Cuba in that group. I can't remember who else is in that group, but um, their first match would be against uh, El Salvador on Tuesday the um, 26th. Sorry, Tuesday the 27th um, at 6 p.m. Oh, that's the group with Canada, as a matter of fact, actually. Sorry. Um, is it? I can't remember. Anyways, whatever. It doesn't matter. Honduras? Yeah. Uh, Costa Rica, Panama, El Salvador. Costa Rica. Right, right, right. And um, the winner of prelims match eight, which yes. we, we just talked about. Um, Honduras, Joseph Rosales uh, was called in. Uh, Curvin Arriaga was not. Their ma- first match is on Sunday, June 25th. They drew the Mexican group. Uh, they play at 7 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, Kamar Lawrence was called in for Jamaica. Their first match, they're in the USA group. Uh, their first match is on Saturday versus the United States. I believe that game's in Chicago, actually, uh, at 8.30 p.m., which is going to be the same, <laughs> weirdly enough, the same time that Minnesota United is playing RSL uh, in Salt Lake. It's also Pride Weekend, so the Black Heart is going to be popping on Saturday, Saturday night. My favorite people. And then 
uh, Trinidad and Tobago uh, was Malik Jesse Khan from the uh, from the twos was called in for their gold cup. They uh, replaced Nicaragua and the USA group because Nicaragua, <laughs> if you if you want a, a good chuckle, um, Google Nicaragua and uh, just like their um, Nicaragua. I'm trying to think of the great the best words to, to use to Google. Anyways, they fielded like. They field over the course of the last several years about eight or nine different players. I think they're two of their top four capped players of all time are technically not Nicaraguan citizens or or not or should not have been capped tied by Nicaragua. It's a it's a whole it's a whole mess of stuff. I read an article I think in the Athletic today about it, and it, it's it's crazy. Um, so Trinidad Domingo, which I believe would have been in the uh, preliminary uh, matches in order to try to get into the gold cup um, or actually just got moved and, and replaces Nicaragua uh, completely in the group with the United States of America and Jamaica. And then um, a winner of a preliminary match as well. So basically they tried to pull a Qatar. They tried to get <laughs> foreign players to be naturalized as Nicaraguan football players. The problem is, is they didn't have the money bags of the Qatari oil money in Nicaragua, they just have Nicaraguan oil money, and that's not as much. And so, right. um, and we all know that CONCACAF is way less um, susceptible to bribes than the Asian Football Confederation. <laughs> I'm shaking my head no. They are just as complicit to bribes as all the rest of the football uh, confederations are. But, yeah, apparently, in particular, one Richard Rodriguez was uh, plays for a Nicaraguan club. But uh, you need to have lived in the country for five years to be considered not just having gone through the naturalization process. You must have been a resident of five years before you can play for the national team. After and you so, turn 18, too. It's, it's, it's not even like you can't. Oh. It's after you turn 18, you need to have been in the country for five years. Yeah. He was born in Uruguay, so he's not a natural born uh, Nicaraguan. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Nicaragua pulling Qatari-like tactics, just not enough uh, bribery money. <laughs> so, yeah, so Trinidad and Tobago, their first match is on Sunday, June 25th, and it's... Uh, TNT, I'm dynamite. <laughs> and they will play the winner of St. Kitts and Nevis versus French Guiana. That is another preliminary match that's taking place uh, uh, tomorrow as well. Oh, you're right. It is French Guiana. Yeah, French Canada. Yep. Uh, and then Canada uh, called in Dane St. Clair, obviously. Um, he did not play at all in the Nations League uh, finals, which we'll talk about here at the end of the podcast. Um, hopefully he gets some matches here in the Gold Cup. Uh, their first match will be on Tuesday, next Tuesday, June 27th um, at 7 p.m. And that is the winner of the other, the third preliminary match, Guadalupe uh, versus Guiana. Um, that is also uh, is coming Tuesday. And Presumably, if, if they want to if they want to try and get Dane some time, um, that would be the, the the simplest game or the easiest game in their group. Um, but uh, we'll see. Milan Borjan did not put on a masterclass and goal uh, on Sunday, so hopefully Dane gets a shot to, to be between the the sticks sometime for Gold Cup. So, yeah, I mean, uh, also I'm guessing you know Cuba or Guatemala are also fine, but yeah, the 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 winner of Guadalupe and uh, Guiana would be the <laughs> the better match, yeah. I guess. 
All right, let's power through. Let's we'll skip a break this week. So again, we're not going to go very long because we're not pimps. <laughs> and let's talk Minneapolis City. Um, they had technically two matches scheduled this week. Uh, they only played one. They were part of that. Uh, they were going to play FC Manitoba uh, on Wednesday in Minneapolis at Augsburg, but that was obviously postponed uh, due to air quality. Um, I have not seen if they've rescheduled that match yet. MJ, have they have they announced anything that I just missed or have they just not announced it yet? Not that I am aware. Okay. Is the, I'm here. Okay. Is, is the best way I can describe yeah, it. Yeah, they did say they would send something out within 72 hours. That was obviously, they obviously have not hit that. Yeah, but, um, and so I, I'm sh- I'm sure working with the league and we're trying to work with Manitoba to see when they can come back to the, the United States is going to be super tough. So hopefully they're able to Especially get it. Especially with all the damn fires. Yeah, hopefully they're able to get it rescheduled. Um, you know, we certainly don't want to lose a match if, if at all possible. Uh, and then they played this com- this past Sunday, yesterday, uh, up in Oak Park Heights uh, against the St. Croix Legends. Unfortunately, that was a 2-1 loss for Minneapolis City. Um, obviously, MJ, you were there, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that game? Yeah, uh, key absences, again, for the Crows, especially on that defensive line. Uh, center back Curtis Wagner uh, serving a one-game suspension because he got a Rochester red card last game. And uh, Jonah Garcia was a late scratch due to hamstring injury. Uh, midfielder Scott Heinen, um, who everyone's excited to see. He played uh, professionally in Germany for a while. He's out. And defensive midfielder Griffin Yersi out still with a back injury. So, again, the, they were so hurting at the back that Carl Craig decided to play Aiden O'Driscoll, one of their better attacking midfielders, at center back. Because you want someone with good field vision and good footwork um, back there. And so he had to, we had to put a, a, a lesser attacking midfielder in for, for Aiden's spot and drop Aiden O'Driscoll back there. So, uh, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, the first goal was rather unfortunate. Kalen Masakasio, who previously had the wherewithal that he was outside the box and knew to use his feet. Unfortunately, the next time the, the ball came into his box that was close to that borderline, that penalty half circle and the top of the 18-yard box, uh, he jumps up, grabs the ball, and his feet land outside the box. Um, that is not a red card. That is not a yellow card. It's not a penalty kick. That is a free kick just outside the box. Front and center, very dangerous. For Legends, Colton Prater stepped up and hit a really great banger around the Crow wall um, and scores just a, a beautiful goal. Hard for me to watch because definitely a preventable situation. Um, and uh, yeah, so early down one nothing after the Crows had controlled much of the match. Then former Crow Luca Contestable scores on a really nice feed from uh, Nathan Donovan. Uh, he is one of their top scorers. The Crows did a very good job at marking him and keeping him off the score sheet, but definitely uh, when playing it out the back goes wrong situation, uh, just holding onto the ball a little too long and they're able to pounce on it. Donovan passes to looking contestable. And I'm sure the former crow is crowing about this. Um, all was not done, though. Uh, a very dynamic fullback, Carson Pena, hits a nice long ball to Hakeem Morgan. He turns with his back to the net and just slots home a beautiful goal. 
the citizens start chanting and it's a beautiful goal. We're only down one, but then stupid second yellow card to Aiden O'Driscoll. It looked like it was a 50-50 ball where two people are trying to reposition their legs to and bodies to access the ball. They're both trying to block each other out. They're both stepping over each other. There was no trips. Neither of them went down to the pitch, but due to the swashbuckling legs of Aiden O'Driscoll and some winger for legends, the ref decides to call a yellow card and seemingly unaware that it was Aiden O'Driscoll's second yellow card. <clears throat> the first one which was much more yellow worthy, but this one was absolute horseshit. And so then Aiden gets set down and any momentum that they had uh, bringing on Dennis Mensa, very good sub and the attacking midfielder, uh, they, they lost that, and so they lose 2-1. Um, but 20-something citizens came out to the game, so thanks to everyone who came out. Awesome. Um, yeah, the next match for Minneapolis City, uh, currently scheduled, is obviously the Thunder Bay Chill um, at home on Wednesday, June 28th. That is next week, um, 7 p.m. It's also the the... Kaiser Slautern, the FCK uh, friendly for Minnesota United. So hopefully um, there's a good crowd. And again, we're, we're waiting to hear back on um, if they're going to be able to reschedule the um, FC Manitoba game. So hopefully they, they're able to get that done. Uh, MJ, give us a brief update on the futures. Wednesday, June 21st, they were scheduled to go to uh, Maple Grove. That would have been this Wednesday to play their last regular season game. For whatever reason, and I have not interviewed anybody about this yet. The Maple Brook 58ers uh, uh, forfeit the game. So the Futures don't get to – this kind of sucks for the Futures because they are going to take first in the Midwest West. And coming up for playoffs, it would be nice to get them some game time, get them some real minutes, get them scoring some goals, get them feeling confident about the postseason. But – at least the UPSL does not do the stupid one nothing victory for forfeit. They do a 2-0 victory, um, which does eliminate some of the stupid run-up-the-scoreboard shit that you see at the end of the season right. by teams jockeying for position. Um, they win the UPSL Midwest-West with eight wins, two draws, zero losses. They go undefeated, scoring 22 goals in eight in 10 games. David, would you take 22 goals in 10 games for Minnesota United? Um, I absolutely would take 22 goals over the course of all the games that Minnesota United has played so far, honestly. <laughs> um, we'll talk, we're going to talk about a team that is uh, also scoring goals here in a second. But, yes, I would definitely take 22 goals for the, the entire 17 games that Minnesota United has already played, um, considering where we're at. But um, I digress. <laughs> So in the UPSL Midwest, uh, whatever, Western Conference, uh, Minneapolis City Futures take first place with 26 points. Uh, Arch rivals St. Croix Soccer Club take 25 points. Just one, I assume those two teams will play off in some sort of Midwest-West playoff. Superior City and Laura are battling out for third place. Laura has a game postponed with St. Paul Blackhawks from earlier this season. But they have a chance if they get three points there to leapfrog Superior City for third. Um, the winner of the Midwest West playoffs will play the winner of the Midwest South playoffs. 
And for those that don't know, the UPSL Midwest South Division, that, sorry, conference, that is a bunch of teams in Kansas, one team in Missouri, and one team out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. Huh. Interesting. Do you know, how, is it four teams in the playoffs for the UPSL, MJ? Or do you know? Well, it's, it's the national playoffs. So, um, f- just for the Midwest West, West, yeah, I think it's just the top two teams. It could be the top four teams in the Okay, Midwest so West. so you, so you, it's so so okay. So you don't know how many the Midwest West playoffs are. I tried to find okay. out other divisions, or sorry, other conferences have their uh, playoff schedule posted with uh, the number of teams and who's going where. Midwest West, uh, maybe because some teams still have yet to make up some postponed games, it does not have any of that up. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, cool. I tried. Either way, they'll, they'll be in the Midwest-West playoffs, and then if they win the playoffs, they will play the winner of the Midwest-South, the, the group of teams you just mentioned, Kansas, Missouri, yeah, like New Mexico. Like from Wichita. Um, Interesting. So another really cool thing about the St. Croix Legends versus Minneapolis City game is I got to see uh, – shout out to – his name is – hold on – Adam. Adam, uh, city supporter, citizen Adam, he pointed out that there were some Aurora players. So I went down and talked with Daniel Mick and Abby Ostrom and Tiana Harris. Daniel Mack being the photographer for both city and Aurora. Nice. Um, and I just said, hey, what are you guys doing here? And like, Abby Ostrom's like, oh, we're, we're friends with some city players. Is <laughs> all she said. Um <laughs> thank you jess my thoughts exactly and then uh so they were at the game sunday curiosity it's just really cool to to see them out supporting other usl league lower league soccer yeah Um, and uh speaking of aurora yeah let's 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 segue to aurora um so yeah minnesota aurora they were also affected by the june 14th uh Smaller. I was, was going to say purple haze, but orange haze. Um, if you're if you were outside at all for any stretch of time in the evening, it was it was very fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, so they moved over. Um, unfortunately, they were out, they had to, they had to cancel the match. It, well, they had to sorry, the, sorry cancel the the atome match at uh, TCO. They moved venues very quickly, um, like ridiculously quickly, to uh, Stillwater. Uh, where they played indoors in a in a big soccer bubble. Um, it was very interesting and fun to watch because it's you know it's it's the type of soccer bubble that I play in, um, where they have the goals that go across the field, right? So it's like so you, you can put three, basically three small seven v seven fields um, on there, or you can play one big long field, um, and w- which confused some people when we were watching the game. Uh, both my wife uh, <clears throat> was very confused when they were near a goal, but they weren't shooting it at the goal. She's like, why aren't they shooting it at the goal? Not realizing that they're supposed to be, they were going towards another goal, not towards the goal that was on the sideline. Um, so it definitely confused a few people um, at the, yeah, especially at the black card too, where I watched the match. It was super shout out, huge shout out to um, Aurora and to Egan TV for being able to get a game broadcast. No, that was amazing. That was like um, a call. Yeah, so it was very, very cool that they were able to do it. Um, MJ, why don't you break down? They put there. Sorry, this was against Green Bay Glory as well. Um, the second best team in the league last year. Um, they're hurting this year a little bit. Um, tell us a little bit about how that game went on Wednesday. It still felt very much like a rivalry game. It still felt like it had 
that energy from last year of the top two teams in the Heartland division, even though that's not the case this year for Green Bay Glory. Um, that being said, uh, last year, I believe in Green Bay, I believe it was the second Green Bay game where they're, both teams heavily rotated their squads. We had like a 40 or 48 second goal, a goal scored within the first 48 seconds. Uh, we break that record on Wednesday, scoring at 33 seconds from the opening kickoff. Now, it wasn't opening kick, pass back, Morgan Stone lofted forward. There were like four shifting back passes to try to shift the defense for Green Bay over to the left so that they could go up the right side, which is what they did. And Stone goes over the top, hits Langdock on the wing. Langdock has this great cross on the pitch. There are three Aurora players running on, and the one that ends up getting a foot onto it and, and getting it in the back net is, is Hannah Adler. What a season she's had with yeah. Aurora. Um, she is the top uh, goal scorer for Aurora right now. I think has about eight goals. Don't quote me on that number, but just a great goal to get everything started out. Yeah, I will say. Oh, I'll, I'll just also say uh, we were literally starting to watch the game at um, at the Blackheart, and people. I was I was watching. People were kind of ch- chatting and talking because you know the whistle the whistle went, and then literally they scored. And I was like, guys, shut the fuck up! They scored. It was pretty amazing uh, to all the people that I was watching with. So um, it's really cool. And then yeah, then they just they piled it on after there, MJ. Uh, yeah, Cat Rap scores from Hannah Adler, Adler being the sister this time. And then Cat Rap scores her second goal from Langdock, Langdock getting her second assist. Uh, and then in the second half, they sub Kylie Olsen on for Langdock, I believe. And Kylie Olsen, um, fullback, she, you think of being a fullback, even in the three-back system, it's even more important for the three backs to be compact and hang back and, and kind of let the wings and the midfield do a lot of attacking, but they were just so dominant and interchanging their position so much. She ends up close to the, the net. And so in the second half, cat rap sends over across um, after Ostrom, his great ball over the top to cat rap and cat rap slides it over and Kylie Olson's there. Um, Kylie Olsen, if you don't know, she plays at Utah State with Addie Wickers and Kelsey Kafusi. So um, in my brief talk with her at training, um, they definitely cued her in uh, about Aurora. She had been aware that they were playing Aurora and watched some of the games. And, you know, they were they were her in for the team. So it's nice <clears throat> to see another Utah State Aggie on the team. And uh, not to be outdone, um, Ostrom again saying her name a lot, gets taken down in the box. Sophie French takes the PK, and she scores, I believe, her second PK of the year. I don't know how many goals total. Um, the one really noteworthy thing, uh, Carolina Gomes, who uh, won, I don't know why it's not pronounced Gomez, but I'm sure Eric Silverbrenneman will explain to me how to, the Brazilian pronunciation and why it's Carolina Gomes. Um, she is a really good player, attacking midfielder for Green Bay Glory. She had a free kick just outside the 18-yard box, and poor Bob made a great leaping save. We don't give goalkeepers for any of the teams we cover uh, shout-outs enough. Maybe Dane Sinclair. 
because he has a lot of yeah, work. Yeah, we to do. do. He gets his <clears throat> yeah. yeah, he has yes, a he lot does. of work to do. But yeah, with Aurora being so dominant on the offense this year and also their defense not allowing a lot of chances, um, it's nice seeing their goalkeepers get tested and make some difficult saves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a, a, a pretty demonstrable beatdown by Aurora against Green Bay. Uh, five nothing. Five nothing was the final score. Uh, Saturday, June seventh, back out at TCO, um, uh, Aurora welcomed Bavarians United, uh, and for the first time this year, um, Aurora goes down, and they go down early. And I, I, I don't even I had to watch the replay at halftime because I don't even remember how like how they they ended up with the ball in the back of the net. Um, but and I was talking with my aunt and, and Anna because she has my aunt has season tickets to Aurora as well. Um, I think this was probably the the toughest game that Aurora's had all season with a team that was pressing them, that was making them, you know, complete their passes and, and, and really forcing Aurora to, um, to do stuff, not just Aurora capitalizing on mistakes from the other team. Um, in spite of all that, we still uh, beat this team five to one. So MJ, tell us a little bit about that, especially that uh, variance goal. And then a little bit more about the, the rest of the Aurora, um, the Aurora comeback, as it were. Bavarians are a very old club. Do either of you know when they were founded? I do not. 1929. Wow. In, there you go. Some, in some park in Milwaukee, um, a bunch of German immigrants from the, the Bavaria region decided to start the Milwaukee Bavarians. Uh, they've been around a long time. They're men's And they were probably mostly a drinking club, let's be honest. <laughs> Their, their it, field is literally next to a brewery. So, yes, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine so. And, you know, hats off to them. They started a WPSL women's team. They had, you know, boys and girls youth clubs, but they started a legit adult women's team in the WPSL around 2020. So, good for them. They decided to go to the USL W League this year. It's a huge step up. Um, I was really impressed with their coaching. We talked last year how because of the quality of our streams and the accessibility of our streams, it's not some dad with a cell phone camera. We have Fox 9 or last year we had WCCO broadcasting the games, professional camera crews. Um, the scouting that the other teams are able to do about Aurora and knowing their players and knowing their style of play and the quality of the video feed is so much more helpful to the rest of the Harland division compared to when Aurora coaches try to scout other teams. Right. In some ways is not fair. I wouldn't have it any other way, except, uh, you know, Hey, other teams in the Harland division, anytime you want to get better quality uh, video streams for your games, I, as a, as a writer, I, that would make my, if I could actually read the Jersey numbers on your jerseys, that would be very, very helpful. But but then but then we wouldn't get the Chicago City uh, uh, streaming feed with the guy talking about pineapples and definitely trying to <laughs> definitely trying to set up a swinging meeting with uh, with some people on the, the on pool the party. He wanted a pool party and a pool party. Yes, that guy was definitely horny. That guy was very horny. Let's put it that way. So, um, um, anyway, uh, in the third minute, the, I lo looked up when we went down to Chicago City last year. Aurora allowed a goal um, from Chicago City in the fourth minute. And they came back and won that 3-1. Uh, this time, the Bavarians pressed. And boy, did they press. And they pressed. They knew we, we wanted to play out the back. And there was just a lot of turnovers early on in the game. That, that first two minutes, 
a lot of balls bouncing off of little bot- bodies, not well controlled the way Nicole Lukic likes it. And one of those balls bounces off the hip of a player, you know, and then falls to Kate Cullison, one of the forwards for Green Bay or, or for the Milwaukee, the Bavarians United. And Kate Cullison shoots the ball, gets past Corbaugh, hits the far post on the left mm-hmm. side. And then who's there? But Haley Johnson, one of their leading scorers, cleans it up and puts in the goal. And all of a sudden, Aurora are losing for the first time since the finals last year. Right. They're down one nothing. And it's not yep. looking good. No, it was yeah, but yeah, Bavarians were um they were they're definitely pressing in this game. They definitely had a game plan, that is for sure. And it took it took Aurora you know a good 20 minutes or so before they actually had some good sustained possession. Uh, and then after that, once they sort of figured out what they needed to do, they made some adjustments. Um, Nicole Lukic made adjustments sort of on the fly. Uh, then the team just turned it on for the last 15 minutes of the first half. They went from a, their new formation 3-6-1 to more their standard 4-2-3-1 that they used a lot last year. Um, and that gave them four across the back to solidify that and um, a structure that helped them deal with the press that the variants were trying to to p- impose on the the three center backs that they had in the three six one, and so as David said, they are experiencing a lot more possession in the twenty minute. There's a Addie Wicker's corner kick that ends up getting recycled over to the other side, and Hansen just nails this ball, and. Hansen would get credit for the goal, but Cat Cat Rap did a dirty thing. She mm-hmm. stuck her foot out and redirected the <laughs> ball just to make sure it went in. Yeah, but it feels Hansen' goal in in her efforts to get close to Hannah Adler. So they are the top two goal scorers for Aurora: is Hannah yeah. Adler and Maya Hansen. And Cat Rap just snuck in there. Like yeah, sneaky cat she is. <laughs> But Hanson Hanson gets one back, and this this is um, I mean I know there's been some bangers bangers of goals, but this goal the Hanson scores I don't 100 percent understand the physics of how of how she shot this ball, um, but yeah it was it Abby Ostrom um, gets um, this is, she she makes it just a perfect pass that just springs my uh, springs Maya Hanson who makes it just she does Hanson does outside of the pass from Ostrom Hanson does all the work on this, um, and I think if I remember correctly MJ correct me if I'm wrong. But she took this ball, I think, from her right foot to her left foot and shot it with her left foot and snuck it near side yes. uh, past the, the Bavarian's keeper. And the Bavarian keeper, the, the, the amount of space that she had to shoot that ball in was minimal, especially considering I think the Bavarian keeper thought she was going to shoot from her right, but she puts the ball onto her left. She's coming down the left-hand side, right? She's attacking the, yeah. the um, supporter side goal. And puts the ball onto her left and then it manages oh, to sneak it the ball. right side. Sorry. Yeah. The right side. It managed to sneak this ball just past the goalkeeper um, in literally probably a ball and a half's worth of, of space that she had. You know, people talk a lot about like when you think about Aurora, people who are really good at passing from distance, Kelsey Kafusi, Addie Wickers, Morgan Stone, send these long balls without, we saw it last year. We're, we've seen it this year. Abby Ostrom, is now getting to be that person where she has that 
tool in her toolbox now to spring forwards. They had subbed Sophie French on as the lone striker, the lone center forward, and they didn't take my Hansen off. They moved her to play right wing. And Hansen's just like, yeah, that's fine. I can play right wing. Abby Ostrom hits her over the top. She gets it on the right wing. And then she schools a defender, you know, doing that nice diagonal run towards the net and then pulling back and, and cutting left. And that's when, when she cut left, um, she had the goalkeeper moving off that near post from, from right to left, you know. And so the goalkeeper was moving off and she saw that opening there, did that little switch the hips, switch feet, change your shooting angle. And uh, like David said, it's uh, if you have not seen this highlight, you should see this highlight. And then, then the third, uh, third goal of the, of the, of the half. But before, before the end of the half, uh, uh, right at, at stoppage time, Stone sends a cross in the air. Two players, Hannah Adler and a defender for the Bavarians, are battling for it. Somehow Adler jumps up, beats the Bavarian defender, and with a backwards head motion, you know, heads it backwards right to Mariah to win. And Wynn just, uh, uh, she wins the ball. She uh, scores the ball. You know, she puts the ball in the back of the net. And so they are, um, yeah, they're, have come yeah. back complete. You know, halftime, I think, was, uh, they were up 4-1. 3-1. 3-1, yeah. So um, in the 64th minute, Wynn gets her second goal from Eli Rapp. And then in the 76th minute, like oh. all the time, Wickers on the corner kick. This Deanna Harris with the header. This Deanna uh, Harris goal is also really, really good. I really like Deanna Harris is a fucking baller, man. Like, yeah. What are I, the, if I, I don't get many, I don't get players' names on the back of shirts, but I would very seriously consider getting Tiana Harris on the back of an Aurora shirt for sure. She's, she's really damn good. Jess, have you seen her hair? She is a black player from Toronto. Curly black hair dyed red. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it looks it looks really cool. And, right, it, and so... it makes a great visible target for when Addie Wickers is taking those those, those corner kicks. Exactly. So Aurora uh five one is the final score. They've scored, they've so they played eight games. They've scored 39 goals. We're talking about you know, they've, they're averaging almost five goals a game. They've only conceded three goals all season. Um, I believe they can very soon. They can lock. I think maybe on the first of July they can lock up the the, the Heartland Conference and the you know their playoff bid. Um, yes, go ahead, MJ. Oh, another team in the USLW league. They had surpassed San Francisco Glens on the both the total number of goals and the goal differential. But uh, one of the teams from out east uh, surpassed them this this week, so right on. So, so they can get unfortunately that... they they don't have the largest goal differential in the league, but they're playing really well. They can definitely get that back. Um, they might get that back <laughs> on Wednesday because they are playing uh, RKC Third Coast. That is the team that they beat ten to nothing um, here a few weeks ago. Uh, they that's the team. I should also say. Speaking back to the Bavarians game, they only brought two subs as well. Um, it seems like teams are only bringing, you know, two or three subs up to Minnesota for there's lots of reasons why uh, costs associated with traveling. Um, I believe like Green Bay, I think they 
they all like they carpooled to Minnesota or something, or one of the teams they didn't even uh, RKC, get a bus. RK, RKC, RKC, yeah. So, so they're well, going Green down to Green Bay. Green Bay is legit. They had a bus. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did because I saw the bus on. Yeah, we we're waiting, getting on the bus from the Blackheart. Um, Wednesday, June twenty first, they are at RKC. Saturday, June twenty fourth, they are away to Bavarians, so they get Bavarians right away again. Uh, and then their next home it's game, the Milwaukee Double. The Milwaukee Double. Um, and then their next home game is July 1st. It's their last home game of the regular season. Um, we do, obviously don't know about playoff stuff yet, but I assume that Aurora will um, apply to host the playoffs. I'm sure they'll host at least um, at least a couple rounds of playoffs, if not the entire thing, assuming that they you know that they make it to the to the finals. So um, that and that whole last home game is like I said, I said it's on July 1st. It's at 4 p.m. They moved it. It was originally scheduled, I believe, for seven. But Minnesota, Portland, Minnesota uh, United FC in Portland is playing at 7.30. So they moved the game up to uh, 4 p.m. so that people can do the um, Aurora Loons double, as it were. I will, I will be at both those games. We're bringing the kids to, the, to that Aurora game, so that should be fun. Um, so if anybody has an extra ticket, I need one for Ragnar for, for Aurora on Saturday, July 1st. So anything else from Aurora, Jess or MJ? Um, just... Again, about Tiana Harris, we've talked about her a lot, but for the month of May, she not only made team of the month for the USLW League, because so that's nationwide, she made team of the month, but she she was captain. Oh, Ooh. nice. She was team captain of, of team of the month. And so, Very cool. And, you know, if you go back, we've had a couple games in June now, but, you know, in May – they still were on clean sheets. They hadn't allowed a goal all season. You know, she she's part of the reason on that defensive line why they've been so stingy with allowing goals, and she scored goals herself. So um, good on her. She was one of the only players, too, I believe that. I'm not sure if that's still the case, but she's only one of the only players who played every single minute um, as well. Oh, yes. So Yeah, just, just about I, every other person has been – uh, subbed on or subbed off. If yeah, can. or gotten, or you know, there's been there's been rotation or whatever. I and I think that's still the case. Yeah. I, maybe it's possible she may have missed a game uh, in one of the Chicago matches or something. But I not I believe she's been in, in every no, single match. I, I think so. you're I think you're right about that. So. Uh, Rachel Prentice, who's been to one home game this year um, as a fan, but uh, minutes leader last year. Uh, uh, Preston, yeah, Rachel Preston. Rachel Preston as center back, you know, just yeah. put in a lot of minutes. Uh, Tiana Harris is coming for that record. Right. All right. Well, let's jump into talking about the upcoming match for Minnesota United FC uh, against Which Real team is that? Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah. Um, they haven't played in a while. Um, we're playing. We're in Rio Tinto um, against Real Salt Lake. Uh, except on Saturday, this game kicks off at 8.30 local time on the MLS Apple Plus. Um, I'll just say, if you're, if you're planning on watching this game at the Blackheart, I would plan on getting there early. Um, Aurora plays on Saturday as well. I believe the Aurora game, what time is the Aurora game at? I think it's at 6, possibly. So you could do a, you could do a double. You could watch Aurora uh, against Bavarians uh, and then watch Minnesota, stick around and watch Minnesota United. I presume Minnesota United will be in the back um, as they typically are for these. And especially this weekend, since it's pride, um, the Blackheart will be hopping. So consider public transit to the, to the game, to, to Blackheart if you're planning on coming. Um, 
And if you're not, definitely go support Pride and support other local businesses that are supporting Pride as well. Let's talk about RSL. Um, who do you want to talk about? Jess. You, I want to talk the about... The first time, <laughs> put someone something in the notes for tactical, schmactical. So why don't you lead us off with, with RSL? Um, I want us to call them Faux Salt Lake, if we could. Okay. From now on, that would be great. What is the, and... what is the, Spanish, what is the Spanish of, uh, of fake? That would be the good question. So, Spanish. Je ne sais. <laughs> um, All right, Full Salt Lake. What do we got? Uh, I I was gonna look up like the coach and the players and stuff, but uh, when I pulled up the players list, I couldn't help myself. I found RSL number thirty-five goalkeeper who is eighteen years old. That means he was born in, um, like. 2005. Yep. 18 years old. Kill me now. Gavin Beavers. And oh my God, just I wish this was a home game so badly now because, well, I don't know that Gavin Beavers would have made the plane, but he has the best name ever. He's 18 years old. He's 6'4. And now uh, you may add to my bucket list. I'm going to, I have a shirt. It says Beaver Fever on it. I debuted it at Pride at the Blackheart last year. Maggie, you might remember. And um, I would wear my Beaver Fever shirt to a Gavin Beaver's um, RSL versus Minnesota United match. And I would definitely make sure that I had a Beaver sign. <laughs> it would all happen in the month of Pride. So you actually missed it because he came on when they played up here um, and the, in, back in, in May. Um, Zach McMath got hurt uh, during the first half, and Gavin Beavers actually played in the second half down in the dark cloud section uh, or the, the water wall section. Yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't Gomez, was it? It was Beavers. No, it was, it was Beavers. He, yeah, he came on. So, he, so we definitely uh, had some fun with his, with his last name and, his, and the pun. So. I believe McMath is, is is not. I think he's back to starting. He's there, the the McMathlete um, to uh, coin a Dunord uh, football show um, <laughs> phrase uh, is back. He's been playing the last few games, uh, so I'm guessing he'll start. But yeah, Beavers uh, made the bench and and has gotten some playing time this year. Just so, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, MJ, who do you who would you like to highlight for uh, uh, Full Salt Lake? Um, Center back, Justin Glad. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Sorry. He sometimes makes them Justin sad, but you know, <laughs> for, for for the most part, he's pretty good. Um, uh, yeah. I say they. Have oh, and uh, not Hollywood actor, left winger Diego Luna. <laughs> yeah. Um, Demir Krylak is a. a Often a thorn in Minnesota United's side. He's a midfielder. Oh, um, the big Rubio, dude, y Jasper Lafelson, right? Yep, yep. Jasper Lafelson, uh, Rubio Rubin, um, Guatemalan uh, forward striker for them, and then um, Danny Masovsky, who seems to score goals against Minnesota United whenever, whenever we play RSL. Um, Pablo Ruiz also likes to score goals against us. Yeah. And then uh, Ecuadorian uh, Anderson Julio, which I believe who's I believe one of their one of their designated players as well. Um, RSL, you know, they're 
they started out not super great. They've been coming on strong in their last uh, several matches. Um, I believe they're, yeah, they're four undefeated, uh, three. Well, since they drew with Minnesota back in, um, back at the, towards the end of May, they lost their next match to at home to the galaxy, but then they beat Austin on the road. They beat the galaxy in the open cup at home. They drew with NYCFC and then they beat DC United, uh, last weekend, <clears throat> uh, two to one in DC. So they are coming on strong. They either, they've, they just were announced or they've been, um, linked to a, uh, Liga Mekis player. I can, I'm blanking on the name, um, future DP. They play a match on Wednesday, um, this coming Wednesday against St. Louis city in St. Louis. So hopefully, uh, you know, they'll be a little, a little tired. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, Minnesota United has obviously been gone, but We'll be missing a ton of players. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't look and see who, um, if RSL will be missing any players for the upcoming uh, Gold Cup. Um, but yeah, I don't believe Guatemala is in the tournament, so Rubin should be there. Um, you know, the most of their American players are are not U.S. caliber players, so they'll probably be a mostly uh, a mostly full squad um, against the Loons um, this coming weekend. So. How do we how do we envision Minnesota United going to Rio Tinto um, in elevation to play RSL on Saturday? Yeah, we're going to be dehydrated. We're going to be suffering from altitude sickness. We're not going to get there early. We're not going to like adjust to the altitude. I say this every time we play in Rio Tinto or Dick's Sporting Goods Park in Colorado. We just don't play well, um, and we're not going to play well again. But uh, I, I would like them to play up the flanks, avoid their key players in the center midfield and and get it and then go from the outside in. Um, now you could say that's what every team does and that's what every team should do, but I'm saying no, let's go over the top up the flanks. Let's not try to tiki taka the ball through the midfield. Um, let's not try to play out the back. Um, but yeah, uh, it's so weird. Uh, you think, you know, Salt Fake Salt Clay is in seventh place. We're down in eleventh. That seems a long ways away. They've played one more game than us, and their only difference is that they have one more win. There's there's six wins, seven losses, five draws. We're five wins, seven losses, five draws. That's all that separates us. Yeah. Um, they're not that much better than us, but we don't play well there. At that stadium, yeah, it'll be interesting. Jess, what are your what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I never know with this uncertain time with the international. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I don't know who's actually going to show up to the match, and I feel like even if everybody, you know, full roll call roster was there, <laughs> I don't know how he's going to play them, but. For once, I would like to see, like, the players in the locker room be like, okay, guys, let's decide amongst ourselves who's the starting 11 today. And I would like to watch that, um, like, maybe Patreon content for, like, the loons. Maybe they like, get a, get that conversation in the locker room because I would that would be fascinating to me. Yeah, uh, to your point, they're, they, they're down – they're going to be down a few defenders. Um you know, obviously with uh, Valentin will more than likely, I mean, he should be back. 
if he well if they if they lose if they win um he won't be um because they'll right. be they'll be going but and you know and that, that would be a lot to ask of him to come back you know i mean you obviously playing on tuesday um but lawrence is gone debassi is not 100 percent fit yet um dj taylor has looked out of sorts recently so you know and, there's and like Burton, I... yeah so you know it's it's possible we see devin padelford um potentially um, in that Kamar I... Lawrence spot. Yes, that uh, is how you say it. Yep. That's, oh. yeah, it's not, it, it looks like Paddleford, but it is Padelford. Um, I like it yep. better. It's so much prettier. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, you know, with it, especially with the, you know, with the players that were down, you know, potentially seeing maybe playing three at the back that frees up some, some attacking options for, for Heath. I don't know. With uh, everybody gone, it's going to be an interesting, interesting next couple of weeks to Minnesota to figure out. So, how do you think this goes, MJ? I think I know where you're where you're headed, but let's let's get it for posterity's sake here. Uh, loons lose three one. Jess, what do you got? I'm going to say a draw. I don't know what the score is going to be, but I'm going to say draw. All right. I also think this is probably a loons loss, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I think it's. I don't think it's going to be as bad as three one. I think maybe one nothing or two to one. Um, again, remember Clint Irwin will be in goal for for Minnesota United as well with no Dane, so that uh, that throws everything a little bit out of whack. But obviously the team has been practicing with Dane with with Clint the last. You know, presuming you know the teams the guys that stuck around have been working with uh, with Clint the last couple of weeks. So, mm. all right, and then. Finally, we will close this up real quickly, talking about the CONCACAF Nations League uh, semifinals and finals. Um, obviously, Canada was playing in this one. Uh, they beat Panama um, last Thursday, two to nothing. Uh, Dane obviously did not get in the game. Um, then the U.S. team played in Mexico, El Tri, and beat them three to nothing. This game, if you didn't get a chance to watch the game, this was a very fun game to watch as a, as a USA fan game ended with nine nine v nine uh two two players from each team got red cards four red probably, cards in one game there wow. should have probably been there probably should have been five or six red cards um in yeah. this game uh, um the the uh the, the referee completely completely lost uh lost his uh his wits about him um anyways go back and watch the highlights if you can it was a very fun game um mexico went and then beat uh panama one nothing in the third place game and then proceeded to fire their manager this morning. So uh, a guy who's only been in the, in the job for five months, so or six months wow. maybe. They they uh, have they, no, no no consistency. They they have no long term plans. They uh, are in they disarray. Are, yeah, they they are struggling. Not unlike the U.S. did a few years ago with a, a sort of donut hole generation of our youngest players that are really good aren't quite ready. Um, the generation in between that young generation and the veterans, they're not that good. So they're playing a lot of aging players. Um, that's how I see the, yeah. the team Mexico anyway. Uh, just really, it, it was not all Mexican fans. And it would be, be uh, disrespectful to say it was all Mexican fans, but there were a group of Me Mexican fans that started doing the P chant and uh, the game, even though it was almost done, had to be suspended until people stopped yeah. doing it. Yeah. And then some people still did it. And so security had them removed from the stadium. 
Yeah, it was right after uh, Ricardo Pepe had scored the third goal for the U.S. to you know, basically seal the deal. Um, yeah. They So they had stopped the game. Then they threw on 12 minutes of, of added time, of stoppage time. Um, they proceeded to play about five or six of that. And then seven, they, seven minutes of that. And then, they, then yep. they just blew the whistle to end the game. Because... They did well. They well. They did. But yeah, that, that, they didn't. They did not. They did would not admit that. Concacaf would not admit that, that was the reason. Um, they said it was referee's discretion. Uh, but we all know why. Which brought yeah. us to the final, where U.S. played Canada. Um, it was Canada's first, I believe, first final since they won the gold cup in two thousand. Uh, and they got the shit kicked out of them, at least for the first half, by the U.S. Um, again, U.S. was out without Sergio Dest, who got a red card. Weston McKinney, who got a red card, and um. Um, Miles Robinson, who picked up a knock in the U.S. Uh, Mexico game, so Walker Zimmerman started. Um, they brought in Joe Scally uh, to play for Sergio Dest, and then Brendan Aronson for Weston McKinney. Um, two really good goals. Um, Milan Borjan should have been done a little bit better with the first one, which was a uh, sort of a scramble off of a Gio Reyna corner corner that Chris Richards just got up with his ridiculously gross mustache <laughs> and headed. Um, past Borjan, and then the, the second goal, uh, Florian uh, Balligan, the newest U.S. men's national team player, um, with just an absolute masterclass in holding off a defender, um, received an amazing uh, free kick ball, or was it, was it a free kick or was it a pass? Anyways, from Reyna, um, he absolutely holds off uh, Kennedy, a Jan Regensburg um, player who will be playing in the in the Bundes in the Bundesliga Regional Liga next year, as Regensburg got. Uh, um, relegated from Bundesliga 2. Uh, he hauls him off um, and just puts a puts a, a blast right past um, Milan Borjan. Gave the U.S. a 2-0 lead. Uh, and after that, it was really U.S. just controlled the game. Um, Canada didn't have too many chances. They had a lot more chances in the second half. But basically, Alfonso Davies was uh, non-existent. Jonathan David had a couple of these decent opportunities. Um, and Minnesota, or sorry, uh, the U.S. Minnesota team Basically controlled. I mean, those are the two best players on, on Canada. Yep. Possibly the two best players in the in the in the in the in Concacaf right now, and, and they just put John on a masterclass. Yeah, um, they put on a masterclass of, of just of taking care of them. Aging striker Kyle Aaron didn't get on the ball much. Um, every time I saw Alfonso Davies with the ball, he was on a set piece. He was able to get on the ball because it was a free kick or a corner kick. Um. Yeah, we we contained their best players. There were a couple opportunities that they had, but Brendan. But they, the way they had it set up is that they had Scali on Davies, um, who he plays against in the Bundesliga, right? Scali plays for uh, Munchen Gladbach, and so he's faced up against Alfonso Davies before. But the way they set up with Timothy Weah and Brendan Aronson, really just punishing Davies anytime he touched the ball, he was getting a bump from either Tim Weah or Brendan Aronson on the you know U.S.'s right hand side. Literally at halftime, they moved Alfonso Davies to the other side of the field because he was because uh, Joe Scally had put Alfonso Davies in his back pocket. So that's how yeah. frustrated John Herdman in Canada were with um, with the way that Davies was playing um, and the way the U.S. was defending him. So good job to the U.S. They have now won three Concacaf tournaments in a row. Um, they've beaten they've uh, they're undefeated in the last six versus Mexico. I forgot to mention that from the from the L three game. <laughs> Wow. Which is, uh, yeah, that's not something. It's been a long time since they've been uh, six undefeated against um, against Mexico. Um, now they get to defend their gold cup, so potentially uh, for a fourth 
CONCACAF title in a row, they're sending a different, a demonstrably different team to the Gold Cup. Obviously, a lot of these of their you know, Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, Balogans, for example, are not going to be playing the Gold Cup. Um, but it's an opportunity for us to just continue. Sorry, the U.S. just continue to assert their dominance in in the region. So, good job. Cool. Anything else, MJ, Jess, that we need to touch on? Nope. Cool. Well, we went longer than I thought we would, so good on us, I guess. Uh, all right. Please rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Um, I'll figure out what our email address is. You can uh, always send your compliments, um, only compliments to the email address, or you can definitely send those compliments um, specifically to at TDIKMN on Twitter or me at Texas Eller. You can hit up MJ at MJ Matsui and Jess at Jessica144083. Niner two. Definitely send all your good compliments to Jessica. She to Jess, she needs those. Um, I need all, positivity. Know, positivity. Uh, and then uh, all yes. your negative Nathan comments should come to me. I mean, yes. I, I think that's... please, please do. <laughs> send me, send me everything that's very neutral. Um, like <laughs> that, that works. We've been the Daves. You know, this is the Daves. I know. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.